What's up, beloved listeners? I'm super excited to introduce our first guest speaker, who happens to be my little big sister. <laughs> Life guru, mother, sister, wife, friend, comic relief of the family, just all around amazing person, my little sister, Nikki. Hello, that was a good introduction. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. So heartfelt. <laughs> I mean, you know you're my favorite sister and one of my favorite people. Well, thank you. You're you're mine as well, so feelings mutual. <laughs> Aww. We probably sound the same, so try to <laughs> figure out how to differentiate us. Jen, how is it being on air with both of us? You know, no one can see, but I'm obviously like super smiley, super happy, because I just love sibling love. There's nothing like it. Agreed. I was listening to something the other day where it's like, there is nothing like someone you can depend on that's a sibling. It's totally, it's, a, it's totally mm. different. And I know how it feels because I have a sister, and it literally yeah. is like a best friend. And it's so cliche, but it's like for real. Like it's like a different type of best friend. Yeah. No, I totally agree, especially now that I have two kids. They're still young, but there is witnessing that there's nothing like that connection or that love. It's so crazy. And it's instant. Like, it's so crazy. Yeah, that just, I mean, to tie it into like manifesting motherhood, having one kid versus multiple kids. Um, I can't imagine having one kid personally or being an only child. It's definitely different, way different, especially when they're different genders. It, it, they're just so different. Even because Kingston, my firstborn, was such a different baby than my daughter. It's so weird. <laughs> like you think that you get the hang of it on the second time, but you don't at all. It's like the first time all over. It's pretty different. No child is the same. I can't imagine being our mom and having six of six of them. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we come from a big family. Um, I'm number four and then Nikki's younger than me. She's number five and the, the six of us. I want to get a rundown on, Nikki, your kind of, I know you mentioned Kingston and stuff like that. So I guess for anyone mm-hmm. listening, kind of your family dynamics. Yes. So I have two kids. Uh, I have a little boy and then I also have a baby girl. Though That's my children. Kingston's a boy and then True is my daughter. So if I mention them, that's who I'm relating to. Yeah, and they're the cutest, honestly. I mean, I guess I'm biased, but but no, nah, my niece and nephew <laughs> yeah. are the absolute cutest. Baby True is like eight months old and 45 pounds, and we just love her to death. <laughs> She's the same size as Cheyenne. <laughs> yeah, so with that, Nikki, um, what has your motherhood journey been like? Like, what brought you to motherhood? Tell us about it. With Kingston, um, he, that was not planned. As soon as I turned 18, I found out I was pregnant with him. So it just kind of was sprung on me. But even from like a really young age, like I knew I always wanted to be a mom at some point. Like I just knew that at some point in my life, that is what I wanted to do. Came a lot earlier than expected. But as soon as I found out, I knew that I was going to keep him. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. So I started very young. He was literally conceived the night of my 18th birthdays. (laughs) Yeah, it was very quick. As soon as I found out, it was like a shock. But I was very happy. I was nervous too, but... I knew that it was going to be good for me, especially because at that time in my life, I didn't really have a plan. I wasn't doing anything. I was just living day to day. I didn't even have a place to like call home at that point. So finding out I was pregnant with him gave me a path and like set me up to create a future and find out what I wanted to do and what I needed to do for myself and my son. Yeah, that is very true. My sister really sprung into action when she found out she was pregnant and... It took everyone by surprise, but it also mended a lot of relationships in my family because at that time, I had no relationship with my parents at all. No one in my family, like, it was just me on my own. And so that definitely brought back my family. So that was pretty cool. That is very true. Um, Nikki is kind of like the connecting puzzle piece between our parents and a lot of our siblings. Yeah, having kids definitely brings everyone together because I'm the only one in the family that has kids that is like around. Birthdays and events like that, holidays, like it definitely makes people, like our family come around because we're not a super close-knit family, but having kids definitely helps that. I don't think you give yourself enough credit for what you went through for, no, I'm serious. Like you guys are being so modest and Cheyenne is being so modest as well. Like. No, like teen mom, that is a hard journey. That's like a hard pill to swallow. 
that is something where you like you just flip a switch it's very Either hard. do it or you don't do it you know what I mean and I yeah. know that's super dope like give yourself some credit and you don't have to skim over that part and I think you're doing yourself like you're just saying oh um you know it kind of brought the family <laughs> oh, together like no like give yourself that credit for everything that you did on your own you know what I mean and not letting all the outside factors kind of get to you I think everyone is getting through day to day you know but you were doing it as a teen mom so no that's super special yeah it was definitely hard but I can't take all the credit my son's dad he definitely helped out a lot and pulled his own weight it was definitely easier not being alone being a teen mom Pete for women out there that are teen moms all by themselves they (laughs) deserve a lot of credit because that is it is the hardest thing honestly it was a lot to go through yeah, thank you. What, I mean, what did it consist of? If you want to like name drop some events that you went through or... I honestly like, I just had nothing. Like, I mean, you kind of know, but I didn't even, like I didn't have a car. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have anything. I didn't even know where like my next meal was coming from at that point in my life. When I found out I was pregnant, like the first thing I did was, you know, I called my parents, told them about it. And it, I went to like the county office, sign up for a WIT. I would know that me and the baby would be taken care of. I got insurance for me and the baby so I could make sure that I could get best care possible. Having those programs to, available to me really helped me a start trying to figure out what I needed to do and to really help me out because you know I really didn't have anything and then mom and dad definitely came to my rescue they helped me out a lot we had a talk you know they gave me some ground rules let me come stay there and I had like a village around me that definitely set me up for success so it didn't just leave me you know out in the cold so to speak and it definitely takes a village um yeah for sure it still takes a village and yes and i definitely want to name how important those programs are yeah definitely. you know whether you are pro-choice or pro-life i'm personally pro-choice when yeah. we do talk about the conversation of abortion it is really important to consider the programs in place because that makes a difference in a woman deciding if she can keep her baby or not mm-hmm. is she going to be able to feed her baby once she creates this baby yeah so yeah abortion is not just tied into abortion but social welfare programs as my sister named were essential in the life of her and her baby yeah definitely they helped me out a lot and even after he was born WIC is a really good program that is available and taking advantage of that really helped out yeah i know we had WIC when we were kids too we always had life mm-hmm. cereal yeah. and government cheese <laughs> yeah. and milk <laughs> at least to get us by so yeah that is one of my like favorite programs that's out there for women and children because a lot of people it really helps them out so i hope that stays around agreed Oh, thank you for sharing that. It's definitely emotional because, um, you know, there's just so much negativity, too, around, like, teen pregnancy, Mm -hmm. you know, and people love to, like, hate on poverty and criminalize poverty, but we're just, like, working people trying to get by. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, I know a few teen moms, and they are some of the best moms I've ever met. Like, they really do dedicate their whole life to their kids, so it's really cool. Love to hear that. Yeah, you can be a good mom at any age. Just Yeah, definitely. It's like an instinct. For most people like that, it's just an instant thing that you, you can do. <laughs> right. Okay, so with that, how would you describe the importance or meaning of motherhood? Personally, I think motherhood is the most important job in the world, honestly, because you're raising children is raising the future they're going to be the next generations to come are going to be the people that are running the world and you know a part of society so the way you raise your kids definitely is the most important thing because they go out in the world and they become a part of everyone they make decisions i think it's most important i don't know some people might have different opinions but it's also the hardest job in the world i believe so definitely not for the weak i mean it's so many jobs put into one it's like every single job accountant taxi therapist doctor cook and you're also trying to manage your own self still and you know you have to teach someone how to treat others how to show humility empathy like it's just a lot a mother that is someone's first love Mm -hmm. trust you know that's a security like it all starts with the mom from being in the womb and then as they grow up like you are essential for the rest of their lives yeah you're absolutely right and what happens in the womb and like especially in our early childhood it affects our whole entire life 
Yeah, early childhood until like the age of three is you absorb and you learn so much that like really sets you up for the rest of your life and like affects how you how you become as an adult. So it's super, super important. Which is why we're all now trying to heal our inner child. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, everyone has an inner child to heal, whether it's on, you know, everyone has different levels. You definitely heal from like inner trauma that you don't know you had because you don't remember, but like your body and your mind remembers it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets stored in your body. I definitely feel that, though, like, the importance of, one, what it means to, like, be a woman and have literal human eggs inside of you. I mean, the fact that you can grow a human inside you, and that's pretty important. <laughs> right. Where would the world be without mothers? It wouldn't be here. Ooh. Jane, what are you thinking? You mentioned earlier, like, I don't know if other people agree with the saying that mothers are have the most important job. I totally agree with you. Totally. You are loving your kids unconditionally. You are teaching them life skills. You are, that is the hardest job, Mm -hmm. you know, you, to constantly have that in the back of your mind, like raising kids, raising family, those values, those beliefs, those are so like intangible, right? That you, you have to instill through example, you have to instill every day. Or use any opportunity you can. So it is the hardest job to do. Totally agree with you. Totally. Do you feel like you have like a constant worry all the time? Oh yeah, for sure. They can be be completely fine, and then in the mind you're like, oh, I hope they're okay. <laughs> like, literally, it's so crazy. Like, I don't know. It's I can't really explain it. It's just for moms out there who like listen, they'll know what I'm talking about because even when like they're older and moved on, have kids of their own, you'll be like, oh, like I'm just always worried about them, you know. Especially because I, with my oldest son, I share custody. So when he's not here, I'm like, oh man, I wonder what he's thinking about. I wonder how he's doing. I wonder if he's okay. Like, it's always constantly in your mind. Always. And it'll pop in at the most random times. Like, you won't even be thinking about it. And then you'll be like, oh, I wonder how they're doing. Or are they okay? Do I need to check on them? Like, it's, it's always. And forever it'll be like that. So. And what's some advice you have for mothers? Honestly, the advice I would have is the advice also would need is don't lose yourself in being a mom because it happens to me all the time. It happens to my friends because you're always so consumed in your children and, you know, looking out for them and doing what's best for them that you forget about yourself and you forget about your needs and, you know, your wants. But you don't ever think about it like that because that is not what's in your mind. It's your children that are in your mind. So mm. it's still important for moms to be their own person and to take care of themselves still because I get lost in motherhood all the time like there'll be times where I'll have to be reminded it's a full-time job yeah it's a literally it never ends you know yeah when they're sleeping and and you're sleeping it's still in your mind like (laughs) definitely don't forget to take care of yourself because you know even though you're a mom and everything's always up to you like you still deserve breaks and you still to Mm -hmm. you still should be able to enjoy things outside of your children so mental health for moms is really really important because if you don't have a healthy mind then you can't raise healthy children so Yeah, when did you start learning, like, how important it was and incorporating it into your life? Keep going on that. I I love where you're going with that. No, speak freely, yeah. I think I realized it mainly when after my daughter was born because I am the one that's with her mainly because her dad's always at work. I was always home with her, and I I could see in my, like, attitude and my actions that I was just, like, mentally drained. Mm. Put everything into my children, and so, you know, I don't really see it, but my husband would tell me, like, you should take a break. And I'm like, no, it's fine, blah, blah, But yeah, you definitely, it shows when you're mentally drained. You know, you give everything into your children. If you don't take time for yourself that it it shows in your attitude and other people start to notice it so that was one thing that made me realize like wow do need to remember that I'm still human like I'm still my own person I still have a life outside of my children really needed to take care of myself because if I don't take care of myself then I can't take care of my kids and if I'm not happy they're not happy having a positive attitude while parenting your children is really really important because you don't want to raise your kids with a negative attitude I have firsthand experience with that and that's one thing that definitely keeps me going is I want to raise my kids different than the way I was. You know, I want them to grow up different than mm-hmm. I, how I grew up. Mental health is very right. key in being a mother. I think that's so powerful what you said. That's like conscientious parenting, right? I learned from that and I don't want to do that with my kids. I want to make sure I constantly have a positive attitude. Exactly, yeah. Because it definitely shows in me as an adult now, you know, how I was raised and definitely want I want my kids to have a whole different relationship than what I had with my parents because you know there wasn't one before I had kids but my kids made me want to have that relationship I don't ever want there to be that disconnect or to have the issues Mm -hmm. I had so I think it's really important to 
definitely still make yourself happy so that way it doesn't that energy doesn't go on to your children yeah breaking those generational curses right yes and it takes like jen said a lot of conscientious effort and thought and planning and intention yeah definitely it takes a lot of effort to like actually make the difference and the change so you know you can't just like tell yourself i want it to be different and it's different yeah it's a day to like a daily thing that you have to work it's on. like i constantly yeah i have to remind myself hey i need to be different so that i have different outcomes while you're fighting like what's been ingrained in you yeah you're <laughs> literally fighting against your own personality mm. like it's, it's really hard but at the end of the day like the love you have for your children will outweigh anything else like in the world mm. so that is definitely yeah. what like pushes moms i think so yeah and it's really interesting to hear like how you have so much more empathy for our mom now that you're a mom you want to talk about that or a lot of people i think especially like close people to me don't realize before my kids i had no relationship with my mom because of what our relationship is now but yeah, it wasn't ever good, especially when I was a teenager. It was never good. We never got along. <laughs> I am personally a very, very private person, like when it comes to my family. If it wasn't for Shay, no one in my family would know anything about me. I'm just very closed off. I could be open to a stranger, no problem. But when it comes to like my family, I'm very closed off. So having kids definitely made me reevaluate, like opening those doors. Yeah, as a kid, no, I would never go to my mom for a problem. I never asked her advice. She knew nothing about me at all. Like, she didn't know what I was up to. She didn't know, you know, my daily life. Like, she knew nothing. And now having a daughter, I don't want that at all because I was, like, super alone when I was a teenager. I didn't have anyone I could ask for help, have anyone I could go to. And I want that for my daughter, especially I want her to be able to be open and honest with me. So that is one thing that I, like, I'm trying really, that I'm going to try really hard to do is make sure that I set that up for her so that she doesn't have to feel the way I felt. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how there is definitely this like shift in parenting. And that's what's beautiful about generations, right? We build on top of each other. But we grew up with a mom who was like extremely strict. Yeah, I think that's why neither of us were able to even go to our mom and talk to our mom and actually build that relationship. Mm -hmm. Because like, there was just there was just no way but her way. Yes, exactly. And, and, and if her it way wasn't was her, wrong. yeah, right, right. Her way was was lacking in a lot. Yeah. And then if you tried to like challenge her or push back on anything, you were mm -hmm. met with violence. Yeah. And so I think for like my family, removing the violence, removing the fear, um, are two huge things that like we're trying to do, right? And just have like open lines of communication, yeah. healthy communication. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I also want that for my niece and. I'm definitely going to build that relationship with her where it's like, okay, if you yeah. can't communicate with your mom, then you can communicate with me or like, but we are here yeah, for definitely. you. Yeah, because we never really, I mean, we had extended family, but not really, you know? Yeah. So having my children have aunts and uncles, that is something that I value too because we didn't have that. We didn't even really have, at least for me, I didn't really have cousins, you know, they're all older and live far away we didn't grow up together so there was really no one that like I felt comfortable talking to yeah so our mom is an only child and both her parents were adopted so on my mom's side it's literally just like my mom and her parents and then my dad is like big Sicilian family one of five and then his parents were like one of one of six and one of eight but we were really detached from that side of the family yeah so it was really just like our mom and our siblings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially being at the end of all of our siblings, like you guys were all older, the four were all older than me and my little sister. So we were, we were a lot younger. So we didn't really get to grow up with them. They were all teenagers and out of the house by the time we were like old enough to make memories and spend time with them. So that was, it was really just me and my little sister. She's the same as me. Like she's super closed off. She doesn't talk to anyone really. So we kind of just kind of like fended for ourselves in that area. If we had a problem, we kept it to ourselves or feel comfortable reaching out to anyone. Yeah. Which is so sad because like... It is really sad. When I think about it now, I'm like, oh my God, like that sounds so depressing. And it, and it was mm -hmm. about the time, you know, I didn't think anything of it. It was normal to us. I didn't know any diff. But now that I'm older, I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the house yeah. is hot. <laughs> it's so sad. But that's why I mean, I'm trying to do the best to fix it now and like move on from it because you can't change the past. You can only learn from it. I'm trying to learn, but it's still hard when it's like 
that's all you knew. Yeah. So. Trying to build something with no blueprint whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, I have no experience with this. Right. Exactly. Yeah, we're just winging it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing that, like, I try really hard to incorporate in our life is, like, family traditions or, like, holidays, stuff like that. Because there's nothing. There's mm. nothing. So, I, especially because I'm really the only one that has young kids right now. So, it's, I feel like it's up to me to really instill that. I feel like I'm responsible to set that up for our family and, like, really bring everyone together. Yeah, you are. Honestly. I'm really going out of my comfort zone because I'm not like that. I'm not the one to make peace among everyone. <laughs> but I'm really trying, especially for my kids, because I want them to be close. And they are. They're super close to my, my parents, super close to Cheyenne. They know all their aunts and uncles. Like, they know everyone. Yeah. So. And they're very comfortable around everyone. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah, that which is what's so beautiful is because it just took one generation. And like your kids' mm -hmm. family looks completely different than what our childhood looked like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They got the good life. <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> yeah, they really, they, they won in that area. Yeah, they definitely have so many people that absolutely love them. And it, and it's on both sides of the family, too. Like, it's not just my side of the family. It's Kingston's dad's side of the family. And, you know, Travis's, my husband Travis, his side of the family. Like, everyone that meets them and knows them and is involved, like, they are there 100% to support them and be there for them. So And it's really beautiful. So my sister who took kids, they have different dads. But when I went to... Mm -hmm. Kingston's fifth birthday last November I was like shook I was was just expecting I don't know like a handful <laughs> yeah. of people it's like my nephew's five-year birthday party and I walked into a room of literally yeah. like 50 plus people Nikki and her husband both sides of their family yeah. and then Kingston's dads and both sides of their family and it was just so beautiful to be like wow my nephew literally has like so many people who love him mm -hmm. who show up for him who are cheering for him like it was awesome he was, yeah, he's really blessed. His stepmom, so she, her side, her family is just as close to him as all of us. He has so many peep grandparents, parents, cousins, aunts, uncle, like so many people that really show up. So, and it's not even just him, like for my daughter, Kingston's grandma, on so his dad's mom, she always checks in on True. If you need someone ever, like, just let me know. I love to watch. They're really, everyone's so invested. Like, we really are one big family, so... I'm, we're very lucky mm. in that sense. I'm really glad that my son has another mom who literally takes care of him just like I do. So it's it's really awesome. It definitely makes a difference. Yeah, and then it's really sweet too because my sister and her husband and then her son and his dad and then he has a wife now. They all hang out. Yeah, we're we're pretty close. Talk to Jalen is his other mom's name and we talk daily and me and her have been friends for a long time having like a family unit and like always coming together for holidays and birthdays and even just anything really like we'll go hang, hang out we'll take the kids or us parents will go hang out and do stuff so like having a bond and like that relationship is the best thing ever <laughs> like my it really shows in our kids because all of our kids and Everyone just gets along. Even her, so her ex-husband, she has two kids. King's a stepmom. She has kids with her ex-husband. And even he's always there, you know. Everyone shows up for everyone. And so it is our own village in itself. So it's it's really awesome. Jen, I don't know if you wanted to say something, but I definitely think we should talk about co-parenting. No, yeah, that's the next thing. Because you wrote some beautiful stuff about co-parenting. And it was just so much, like, truth. Like, kind of a refresher. Um, but you were like, those moments are mandatory. Like getting along is kind of mandatory. and It is definitely for your children's happiness, for sure, because no child wants to see their parent not there for certain moments or arguing all the time. Or mm -hmm. When it comes to, my son does a lot of sports and has a lot of school stuff, birthdays, holidays. We're all always there, no matter what. Even if there was a time, if we, for some reason, weren't getting along for some, we're always there. Like, we have all been able to put our personal problems aside and be there for our kids because at the end of the day, we all know that that's what matters and that's what makes them happy. So definitely being able to all take part in those moments and have our kids grow up remembering you know, they were all there, it is really awesome and it's such a blessing because there are a lot of families that can't have that. It just doesn't work for them. I think it is something... Co-parenting is really hard. <laughs> you're young, but you're wise, girl. You're wise because <laughs> Yes. No, really, that is so important. I really that it's sad because that's how like that's how broken families happen, right? But for you to set that standard 
to, like you said, like you take away those emotions and you make the kids a priority. I, I loved all of that because you also said like your son would say he has two moms and two dads. That is his thing. Yeah, he always tells everyone, I got two moms, I got two dads, I got two babies, I got brothers. I got He's, yeah, he loves it. He definitely thrives off all that energy too. Seeing like how happy it makes him, that's all I need to make it work. That's enough for me to be like, okay, me and you can disagree about something, but I don't care. I'm not going to tell you you can't be around because I'm mad at you for something. It does take a lot of humility and like trying. It takes a lot of maturity to be able to be on that level. But me and Kingston's dad always tell each if I have a problem with you, I'm just going to be upfront about it and we'll talk about it rather than bury it or cover it up or push it off, you know, because if you don't have communication, then it won't work. And it, it is true because if me and him, you know, we need to talk about something or have a disagreement, we'll talk about it and then it's over and we're fine. Problem solved. If there was a problem, we talked about it, we solved it, it's over, and now things are back to normal. Talk about, if you really just have open communication and are comfortable enough to talk all the time and be there for your kids and show up like that, then it'll work perfectly fine. You just have to be able to be willing to do it. Okay, so you were really like dropping some gems right now. And so I kind of want to talk about it. No, but for real, <laughs> I kind of want to talk about it more explicitly just for our listeners because, okay. I mean, I know people struggle with co-parenting. And, like, how to lay that foundation. Yeah, definitely. Seeing it for myself, for my nephew. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he is thriving with this type of environment as any kid, you know, needs to, yeah. to experience. So, really, how did you lay that mm-hmm. groundwork for, like, open communication, <laughs> setting aside your problems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Honestly, I mean, it's always just kind of come naturally for me and Kevin. Kevin's mm-hmm. my son's dad. Ever since yeah. we first split up, we both knew, you know, we want what's best for our son. We are still a family, even though we're not together. We both want to be there for all the moments in his life, which are going to be a lot. He was super young when we split up. We literally have his entire life to be there for. So we both just agreed it's about Kingston. It's not about us. Even if me and you are screaming, hate each other, you know, having the biggest blow ever, the second Kingston comes in the room or the second there's something that we need to be there for keeps and like we'll act like best friend you know we'll act like there's not a problem I think I just honestly I, I got really lucky and I chose a really good dad for my son who has the same values as me who thinks the same as me he puts in just as much effort as I do and another thing that we've also always done for each other is someone's lacking at some part the other parent will pick up the next time they're lacking we'll pick up like we are always just there for each other and we still treat each other like family even though we have our individual families after we split up no you did get lucky because like kevin actually works for our older brother he's still very much involved in in our family and i'm also really lucky that his wife now she is who she is because if she wasn't like that it would cause a big problem because that's another thing that happens a lot in co-parenting is a person gets a girlfriend or a boyfriend or they're in this relationship where they don't approve or they have they feel this type of way that always causes a a big problem. Being with someone who understands that you co-parent with this other person and it's about your child really makes it work. Like it's just the icing on the top because they are involved in your kid's life. They're involved in their other parent's life. It really helps out that they're there for you and they're rooting for you. That is another thing that like really makes it work. My best friend, she is co-parenting too and it's not as smooth as mine. So you know, we talk about it and she gives, I give her advice and it's about the people you have in your circle that it will make it work. On top of you setting standards and living up to them. This is inspirational. That's <laughs> what we're aiming for. You setting the bar high right now. Mm-hmm, you really are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think a big thing for so I didn't grow. We didn't grow up in a split home, but my son's dad mm. he did. So and it was just really just his mom and his brothers, and his dad wasn't really around. So he def- he wanted a family for his son, and then I, on the other hand, grew up in a house with two parents and everyone, but. My parents never got along, were always fighting, and it just was toxic. We both came from different situations, but wanted the same thing because we didn't have what we wanted. So even though our family split up, you know, we had the Mm. same goal in mind, and whatever it's going to take to get that for our son, we wanted because we didn't want him to grow up how we grew up. It goes off of if you want something different for your kids, then you'll do whatever it takes to do it. Yeah, you make your own. (laughs) Every family is, like, different. Every family needs different things, so... You know, when you guys come, when you figure out what that is and how to do it, you just, you stick to it and you really, you do it. Because like I said, like there's no love for your, nothing compares to like the love you have for your kids. It'll make Mm -hmm. you do anything. For real. Amen. Yeah. You can really create whatever atmosphere environment you want. 
And the same thing with a relationship, you know, like a relationship is not what society, like, again, just to shout out your come up and your glow up, like, I'm five years older than my sister and my sister is doing better than me. Like, they got more money than me. They got more cars than me. They got more vacations than me. They got a bigger house than me. Like, what the f***? I say all that too to say, like, people will really hate and say like oh well if you do that you're gonna be like this or you gotta you know go to college and do this and do it like that and it's like no you don't <laughs> i definitely obviously i think about what would have happened if i didn't become a teen mom my sister is the only one in my family who like really got up and like went out and lived her life did something changed everything like we grew up in this little town in this it was not anything that anyone would want and she like really took the best of it and went out and lived her life and so i think about all the time like if i didn't get pregnant young and my life didn't pan out this way like what I what would I have done would I have been like her because I always look up to her because she's done all these great things she's done all these great changes she changed everything she wanted to change in her life and like made all these accomplishments I definitely always think of back of my mind like what would have happened if I wouldn't have gotten pregnant now that I am living the life I am I mean I'm very happy for the way it turned out because half my family my kids are happy I'm happy I have a relationship with everyone in my family the world definitely works in mysterious ways <laughs> Girl, I think what would have happened is you would have never came back home. I, I think so, too. And I say that all the time. You know time. what I mean? And you're meant to be that glue. So it yeah. sounds. Mm. So, you know, it's a blessing. Definitely, because I think out of all everyone in our family, I definitely have best relationship with our parents because I make that extra effort because of my kids. If I didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't have a relationship with anyone in my family. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even Cheyenne. <laughs> I don't know. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't mean that in a bad way, but having kids really like set the path for me creating those relationships with people because before I didn't care to and I didn't want to. Yeah, it definitely taught me how to be the change <laughs> so for me i don't have kids and i have a pretty shit relationship with my mom <laughs> but now that i'm like planning to have kids i'm working on that relationship with my mom in preparation for when i do have kids yeah and nikki definitely like set the precedent for that and just showed me that it all was possible and there was many times where i'd call nikki and she'd be like i don't know if i could fucking do it like i can't stand this lady you know, and she would reassure me. Yeah, you've yeah. definitely come a long way. <laughs> but I just think it's really important. I mean, for anyone, if they see like the relationship that Kingston and True like have with my parents, especially my mom, you would think that she was like the best mom in the entire world. And I, she's not a bad mom. I'm not gonna take credit. Like she was a good mom. She just had shitty parents too. It definitely she didn't. She had no guidance. She didn't know how to learn from that. But having kids definitely helped forgive for things that I like held against her. Okay, so for our listeners, do you recommend, like, repairing those relationships when you have children, even if your relationship wasn't good with your parents? I think definitely people should. <laughs> My best friend, she did have, like, a great relationship with her mom, and she has a son, and her and her mom get along great now, you know? So other people definitely have the same experience as me because they want that for their child. I think you'll find it really common that me, that would be the glue. It's the children that are the glue that brings you, that holds everyone together. Yeah, grandparents. I actually read a study one time that was talking about how like grandparents having relationships with their grandchildren, it like prevents dementia and it helps with like aging and, and deteriorating mental health. And then also, you know, for the grandchildren, our grandparents hold so much knowledge, so mm -hmm. much expertise. And especially like if your family immigrated here or if you're indigenous and you're like really still trying to hold on to your culture, grandparents are really essential. I can't wait to be a grandparent one day. <laughs> Already, girl? Right? Yeah, I'm always thinking to the future. <laughs> hey. I just look at it because I see, like, my kids with them, and they are probably my kids' favorite people in the whole world. All of them. Like, grand like they love their grand. All of them. Like, they are their mm. favorite people. I don't see them get that excited about anyone other than grandparents, so I want that. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, and I definitely have an infinity for my grandparents. All right, well... This next question is um, not as lighthearted or, or beautiful, I guess you could say, but really important, um, especially in like the time that we're in right now. Just the person who I am, just to disclose, like I have spent a lot of time thinking about how I want to bring my children into this world, home birth, hospital birth, you know, even like, do I want to get a birth certificate? Do I want to be married or unmarried? Like 
there's just so many details that go into it. But anyways, I was curious if you could just talk to us about what it looks like if you want to refuse a service in a hospital, how you have dealt with vaccinating or not vaccinating your kids. When I was pregnant with Kingston, the last thing, honestly, I think you think about is, are you going to vaccinate your kid or how do you feel about that? Because no one thinks about that. It hasn't even really been like a question that you would ask until the last like five, six years where it's really been a big question for people. But yeah, when I was pregnant with Kingston, I would get asked, how do you feel about vaccination or how do you feel about this? And I had no answer because I never looked into it. I've never, never really known anyone that has questioned it. I knew people that had kids that would ask me. And so I asked them questions about how do you feel or what's your opinion or so I looked into vaccines and the safety and mm. side effects and research. I watched documentaries. I read information on the internet. I reached out to people that have made a career out of this. So I really just dug in and asked questions to get an answer that made me feel comfortable. When Kingston was born, he did get the vaccines you get at birth and then didn't feel right about doing it. But everyone was like, this is what you're supposed to do. Hadn't made up my mind yet what I wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So at birth, they did it. And then at his two-month appointment, they're supposed to get their first round of shots. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't feel comfortable doing it. You know, me and his dad had talked about it. And we had you know, done all this research. I still, honestly, I wasn't sure what would be the right choice. I didn't know if, you know, I shouldn't do it or I should. I had information. But basically, the whole world's telling you that this is what you do. And if you don't, that you're endangering your child. You're not making the right choice. So, there, and, and especially being so young and a teen mom, it's a lot of pressure. And it's a really big decision. I ended up doing his, two, his first round of two-month shots. And right after that, he had breathing problems and he had gone sick so we had taken the doctor everything he got diagnosed with asthma super super young after you know what like i should have trusted my instinct like i should have trusted my gut. i should have gone with all the information Mm -hmm. i went but it's a lot of pressure to make the right decision and people already think down on you because you're so young and you're a mom that after that happened i definitely was like you know what i can't do this i'm no i'm making the best decision for what's best for my son and how i feel about things and the information i found out so me and his dad both decided you know we don't want to do that so and it was hard at first just because the doctor he was going to you you have to vaccinate your child for them to be a patient there. So, you know, I had to find new doctors, had to find really a group of people that supported me and who would understand or going through the same thing I'm going through because I'm doing it because I know my child best. The doctors don't know my child better than me. No, the government doesn't know my child better than me. It takes a lot Mm -hmm. of courage to like stand up against what everyone else is doing. It was definitely hard, but it was what's right for my child. And he's very, very healthy. He's very active. Other than being diagnosed with asthma, very healthy, never had issues. Uh, So I'm very happy with the decision I made because I have peace of mind. I feel comfortable knowing that he's safe. He is very healthy. He's, you know, living his best life. (laughs) So for real. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a hard decision. But yeah, I honestly, what I think parents need to do like especially when it comes to this is you really have to question Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. question science and question your doctors and you have to really if you have any doubts or you have you're curious research it because there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of things that you you'll find out that you you wouldn't have believed if you hadn't seen it for your own eyes yeah i watched this documentary called vaxxed yeah. That like really opened my eyes, you know, cover ups and vaccine safety and, sh- and stuff like that. So another thing that like helped my decision is since he's a boy, autism rates are four times higher in boys. Taking that into consideration, you know, I wanted to make sure that I make the best decision based off of facts as well as other than how I just have this feeling because when you're a mom like you really do have this like connection to your kids and this sense of if something doesn't feel right and if it's not right you know like you you inside you know even if you try to fight it I definitely had to do some digging and you really just have to uncover truth and when you do that you can make an informed decision on behalf of your kids that's what I did and I'm very happy with my decision Hmm. so it is a lot Hmm. harder especially with you know services because especially with covid and all that had that's happened things are coming to light now and they're trying to take away your your right to choose for your children which is not right but that's what they're trying to do Hmm. so with the covid vaccine you know it's bringing a lot of light to freedom of choice which has been a problem before the covid vaccine but since like it's pushing on parents now that it's really brought in the light to you know things that have already been happening problem that parents are kind of being taken that right away that they don't know what's best for their children. So it is a huge political standpoint as well, other than just a personal personal decision. So you kind of have to be willing to stand up and voice your opinion and really stand up for your children because it is their lives that are being affected. So it is a lot. 
to handle, <laughs> especially because they pressure you a lot, the incentives, and you can't do this and you can't do that. But if you just stay strong and you really, you know, yeah, if you know your yeah. child best, so you make the decision based on that and don't think you'll ever regret it. Very well said. Well then. <laughs> yeah, I'm all yeah. for Yeah. <laughs> for real, like round of applause. I mean, just what really stood out is that you made your own decision. Yeah. You listened to your body. And you are the mother. And yeah, Mm -hmm. when you talk about that instinct and that gut feeling, I mean, already as a woman, I have that. And it's been a life Mm -hmm. journey to learn how to really hone in and listen to that. But when you when I see you talk about it as a mother, you can just tell it's way stronger (laughs) than from when you're just a a human by yourself. You have to listen to that. Yeah, like when other lives are literally in your hands for you to like take care of and make sure that they get the best possible. It is such a like a different feeling and like it's like a necessity. Like, I need to do what is right because and I'm not stopping till I get mm. till I get that. And it's really hard to hear about you know, all these stories where parents have either like given in or you know, and then they regret it because something's happened to their child. So that was like a really big thing. I was like, I don't want to be I don't want to feel guilty because I backed down because I was scared because fear fear is very powerful. Mm. So Jen likes to say fear leads mm. to people pleasing. One of my favorite quotes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, it says fear will have you doing all types of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I love how you said that because you can never take something face value. It's like the devil, right? It's like it can be deceitful. Mm-hmm. It can be manipulative. It can be one sided. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I fully agree with everything you're saying. Like you sometimes yeah. you have to hunt for truth. Sometimes you have to hunt for facts. It's not always out there, and it's not it's probably not explicitly out for a reason. Yeah. And this goes with anything, not not only just science. This goes with literally anything. This is why they tell you, read the fact. Yeah. Print. I like how you said, like, no matter, even if it gets mm-hmm. hard and it's not easy, you still <laughs> yeah. have to do it, you know, because you are that provider, you are that person, that protector who's going to sign off on their behalf, right? And setting them up for success whatever it is no I think that's why me and Cheyenne Mm -hmm. were like you have to do it and have that intuition and exactly yeah it's crazy because like you said like you knew like I didn't want to do it but you had all these outside factors like pressuring you to do it especially doctors too because you don't think to question a doctor because you're there for their expertise you're there for because they know what's right they know what to do so when doctors are pressuring you to do things and telling you that, you know, you're wrong, that the things you've read are wrong. And I'm like, no, I, I know I'm right. I know my child aside from them. I've gotten other opinions. So it's just really hard. And I've been in a room with a doctor and they're like, you're wrong. I don't know. You're wrong. This is what's right. I know. I know what's right. You need to listen to me. I have these degrees. And I'm like, like, I've gotten in a fight with a doctor before because they don't listen. And standing up for your child, like you really have to, you just have to stand up and do it. And don't let them talk you down because they they do try i am over here clutching my pearls because oh my blood would be boiling it's so hard because especially about your kids like you get so defensive oh my god if even if someone says like something wrong towards the kid i'm like okay what you get so defensive (laughs) and when like someone that doesn't know your child other than a chart is trying to tell you that you're wrong about your child. Right. Like, no, excuse me, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, And then you get all like fired up and it's, it's not the time or place, you know, but. I will throw hands in the doctor's office. Yeah, office. like you get, yeah, it's, it gets really intense. Vaccination is such a controversial topic. So heavy and. No, yeah, it is. So, but thank you for giving, for giving your perspective on it because I think there is this, preconception like oh they don't know what they're talking about or that you know what I mean when in reality there are a lot of people that don't do it but they want you to feel like you're the you're not the majority right yeah definitely and then you get this label like oh you're anti-vax I'm like no I'm not I'm just pro-choice like it is my right to choose for my children. It's my right to choose for myself. When they're trying to force something on you, it's why are you trying to force something that is supposed to be so safe? This is it's for my children. I know what's best. Parent needs to she can choose for her family. They can choose for their family. I'm gonna choose for my family. You know, I'm not gonna tell you what to do with your children. That's not my place. That's your place. I think a lot of people just don't understand that. Not that I'm so anti this. I just it's my responsibility. It's my right to choose what's best for my family. So. And uh, I just I can't wait till we can mm-hmm. like eradicate this idea just because it's written down somewhere 
that means it's law or Bible or, you know, like, let's let's see who's holding the pen. <laughs> Just research. That's really what how I found my yeah. answers is I got to, I got to know my child or what they need. And then I was curious and I wanted answers. So I researched and I found things that you would probably never suspect to find, especially from the CDC who makes all these advise parents to really take that in medical decisions into heavy consideration because you can't go back once you once you make a decision support your local medicine woman or man <laughs> definitely <laughs> for real though yeah holistic holistic health is where it's at because even like disregarded from vaccines or anything when you take your child to the doctor all they want to do is prescribe medicine and i'm like what is that gonna do no you know right. if, I, if you take them to the doctor when you know, they have a cold or whatever they'll just tell you to give them tylenol until they feel better but i'm not gonna i don't want to drug my child for them to feel better no you know, you give them vitamins and you feed them right and take care of them i honestly don't even really take my kids to your practical pediatrician and they don't go to doctors on a monthly basis because they're healthy they don't need to they don't need to be checked up on they don't need to get vaccines every two months i have like a very different approach to that type of stuff i don't like instantly go to the doctor if my child has a fever or if they just aren't feeling well Definitely investing some time into other things than just taking the doctor as a first first step. Changing their diet helps a lot. Giving them vitamins or supplements, stuff that like will boost their immune system has helped a lot. Because for Kingston, keeping his immune system up, essentially, you have to put him on that right path for him to be super healthy. And he hardly ever gets sick. Very, very athletic. He's always playing sports. He's never homesick. It really shows, like it shows that he is thriving. He doesn't need anything extra. And Nikki has a way of like really glamorizing like fruits and veggies. Like he'll just re-eat tomatoes raw, all kinds of fruits. Yeah. He loves fruit. He loves even the baby too. Like it's just, it's really about your lifestyle, I think. Dropping gems, sis. So proud of you, for real. Thank you. Yeah, honestly, like talking about like holistic health and treating disease with fruits and veggies and eradicating doctors, how we know it, mm-hmm. tapping into indigenous knowledge and wisdom. It could be yeah. a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. Um, just like meditating while you give birth versus epidurals. <laughs> There's so many moms out there who geniuses when it comes to like parenting tips and like how to you know raise your child different how you're supposed to there's just so many resources especially with like social media being able to connect with everyone all over the world it's so it's endless the amount of support and information Mm -hmm. and help and everything you can get is it's in abundance you just have to look for it and you have to reach out because that's what i did i found people i found support groups i found people that have made a career out of this way of living and you become friends with them they give you you know they give you support whatever you need and it's awesome you're definitely not alone in the decisions you make there's so many people out just have to really just open your eyes and look i love that thank you for that i was gonna say would do you want to leave the audience with anything else but that was a really good closer because just as we you know to bring it back just as we mentioned like the aloneness that we felt in our teenage years I know you can feel that aloneness in motherhood as well, but there is a collective of people. There is a whole spider web. You don't even really have to look, especially nowadays with things like picking up what you say, like it'll come to you. Like you don't need mother support group. (laughs) Yeah, literally. It's just crazy. Like the opportunities you have out there, you really should never feel alone, but it's just being vulnerable, I think. Is really what it is. Especially because I'm not like that. Like, I'm very, I don't mm. like asking for help. I won't ask for help. I've definitely had to change that way of being because of my kids. Can't be like that. Right. You got to drop the ego because we all need help. <laughs> yeah. Especially me. I definitely need help. So <laughs> you just really got to be open minded. Mm-hmm. Growth mindset, right? You can't have a fixed mindset. Yeah. You always got to be willing to improve. Mm. Motivational speaker over here. When you're gonna start your own podcast? Oh man, maybe one day when I have time. Appreciate all of your knowledge and this time spent together. Yeah, me too. It was definitely it is really therapeutic to just like talk about you know your life. So yes. Before that, is there anything, any last minute things you want to share, or like one lasting mom wisdom note that you want to drop? Honestly, that just. Give yourself credit because that's another thing that I like fault sometimes is I don't give myself enough credit for the things that I do. Because especially because motherhood is sometimes mm-hmm. talked down, like especially because I'm a stay-at-home mom now. At one I had a full-time job and a kid to take care of and a home to, you know, for those people that are stay-at-home moms, like you're just as important as the moms that go to work. And you put in just as much work 
You're never off the clock. Mother is a constant battle with constant rewards. Yeah. Always remember that, you know. Mothers put up with the most. Give yourself lots of credit because it takes a really strong woman mm. to be a mom. Yes. I know I was like quiet in the background and everything, but I really loved just everything about what you shared, like from breaking generational patterns, being super intentional and conscientious about how you want to raise your kids. Super dope how you just have like this co-parenting together and down and just you and your communication and just being like, really humble with everything forgiveness with the constant forgiveness for yourselves but also forgiveness for you know going through things with trying to make relationships with your family you know what I mean you're really just going you're coming like full circle and it's really crazy to even hear in like this short hour you also shedding light on like mental health um, holistic health you also voicing your opinion and having that courage to even speak up on not vaccinating your children. I think that's, I just think it's super dope to hear because I feel like a lot of people don't maybe talk about it because they're not quite sure how they're gonna be perceived. They don't wanna have that whole like debate or conversation. So I really, yeah, so I really appreciate you even coming on here and saying that because that's also courageous, right? Um, I think it's super important that you don't give doctors or whoever power that you make sure that you as a mom have that power over your kids right and versus having to share that power with everybody else because they're not the ones you know their values and whatever else might be completely different than how what you're trying to instill in your kids so I really appreciated you coming on thank you so much I mean I don't talk about a lot of things I talk about um, that I've talked about today. So it was really cool to have that platform. So thank you so much for having me. It was really cool to be able to share my experiences with you guys and everyone listening. So, so honored. Well, maybe we will be lucky enough to have you drop your podcast, a little mom, mom podcast. Yes, that would be awesome. Cheyenne, were you the one telling me, was it her or another sister? No, it's her. Yeah, it was okay. me. Okay. <laughs> I know I okay. called her one day and I was like, I, I want to do this, but... I don't know if I have time. I don't even know what I'm doing. Nah, and Nikki has such no, like girl, this she, was she has such a direct way of communicating and just like this intelligence that is next level. So I'm just life experience intelligence. It's not even like you know what I mean. With like the jokes, I'm just like, girl, you are a radio personality. Let's go. It was. I'm glad that I was able to come on and talk because I did enjoy it a lot. So mm-hmm. it is something that makes me happy it's like it's also fun to do and not just therapeutic or it was a good time i mean motherhood is sisterhood so this was really nice yeah definitely and motherhood is something mm-hmm. that you can connect to a lot of people through yeah it's deep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right right it is literally the the yeah. roots that connect us Cheyenne, anything else? Adore and love my sister so much. Um, I'm so proud of her and like... That means a lot coming from you because I definitely look up to you a lot. Yeah, no, it's mutual. Yeah, I be calling her for advice too and I just feel so blessed and so honored to share this space with you. Well, thank you for coming on. So honored. Thank you guys. Thank you so much.